Hi, welcome everybody. It's so nice to see everyone again. I'm super excited to be here. And today, what we have for everybody is kind of like get to know the GSEC team. We're kind of answering like a couple questions so you can get better. So you can get to know each of us better a little bit. Um, some of these questions were asked by the community, most of them ours, and we're gonna try and keep it a little levy. We're gonna try and keep it, you know, soft and fun at the beginning and then we're going to get a little more personal about what it means to be an activist and what motivates us and yeah let's get started kind of the first question for everyone can you like introduce yourself just kind of give me like your name where you're from and kind of like what your position is here at gsec awesome awesome i guess i can start my name is abraham renteria i go by abe my pronouns are they, them, el, and I am one of the GSEC program coordinators this semester, along with Camelia. I'm gonna go ahead and leave segue to her. Thank you, Abe. Uh, my name is Camelia. I am also a program coordinator. Um, I use she, her pronouns, and I will go ahead and Popcorn it to Oscar. Hello, uh, my name is Oscar Llamas. I go by he, him. I am an intern here at GSEC and I'll pass it on to Mel. Hi, um, my name is Melinda Edwiges Morales, but I go by Mel and um, my pronouns are she, her, they, them. And I'm an intern at GSEC. I'll popcorn it to Maria. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Maria Perez. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I am, I am a GSEC intern. And I'll pass it over to Christina. Hi, I'm Christina. Um, I'm also an intern at GSEC and I use she, her pronouns. And I'll leave it to Bree. Thanks, everyone. I'm Bree. I am the program director. Um, yeah, really excited to be here with everyone. Thanks for listening. And I am Alfredo, uh, this podcast's host. My pronouns are he, him. I'm originally from LA and this is my final year at G6, so I'm really happy to be a part of such a nice, a nice project that encompasses sort of what we do here and being able to make it accessible across various platforms and get to know the community. I really wish this could be like a, we could talk to the community back and forth, but you know, I think a podcast will have to do for now. Starting off with some questions, we're gonna start off with what, is your favorite class here at Chico State and why? Uh, my favorite class here at Chico State would probably be sociology of sexuality. I really got to learn a lot of cool things there that I didn't know before. And yeah, most of like the sociology classes too and MCGS, but yeah, that class really opened my mind to a lot of things that I was closed off on that I'm a little bit more open to. 
so Mel here. Uh, personally, I really enjoyed English 364. I took it a year ago and I really enjoyed it taking with um, Aide Enriquez Loya. She's super awesome and super passionate. And um, like she did a mix of poetry and a mix of uh, people of color literature. So I really enjoyed that because I got to see perspectives of people like me in literature. And that was really like revolutionary for me. Um, for me, I'm gonna have to go with mental and emotional health. Um, I took that class with Lindsay Briggs. Uh, it's a PHHA class and it was just, I don't know, I feel like I resonated with a lot of the things that we learned about in that class. And I feel like it was also very healing and kind of helped me cope with like stress and how to cope with like new stressors. So yeah, I highly recommend that class. I'm like taking notes since um, I haven't been to any of these classes. FYI, I'm a transfer student and I haven't been able to go to class since the pandemic, but hopefully that'll change. Um, I'll go ahead and say mine. Um, I really liked women internationally and also children's gender and sexuality development. Um, both of them were really nice just because I was able to use like um, sociological theories and learn more about um, just things that I'm really interested in, like women's rights and stuff like that. And uh, the children's and gender, children's gender and sexuality um, development one was just really interesting because I like have taken so many classes about like sexuality and stuff like that, but learning it from the perspective of like children um, was really insightful. Great. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of good classes that Chico offers. And because we have different fields, uh, some of the electives are really fun. So I think there's like golf. There's I took like a jujitsu course for an elective. It was one unit and it was a lot of fun being able to learn not just self-defense, but also just get to roll around on the floor, <laughs> get to stretch. They taught, uh, I think the instructor, I think his name was Austin. He's really cool. If you, if you want to check him out, if you go to Chico State. And yeah, one of my favorite classes was social psychology i think it was it was a sociology class. i do not remember the name right now and i apologize but it was with lisa johnson and it was really cool because it bridged the gap between psychology and like a little bit of sociology how we're socialized and kind of how like the structures are kind of set up to design us to grow up a certain way and it was really like eye-opening really mind-blowing so i definitely recommend that if you have a chance moving on um, for those who have been to campus, what's your spot? Where do you like to kick it? Personally, I love bodies of water. So by the creek, I would always be by the creek. It's just so relaxing and calming. And if you're, you know, having a busy day and you have like, I guess like a time lot in between, definitely chilling by the creek. It's like relaxing in between classes. I like that answer, Mel, because also that same. Also, uh, for me, my spot was right outside the CCLC where the, um, the tables were or are. I don't know. I just love that place. I love being able to like see friends and just be social and be outside and enjoy the weather. Uh, if it's raining, though, the Zen Den. That's my place. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I, they used to have, they don't have it anymore. In the BMU, where like on the second floor, there's a little bridge and then there's like the flags in between. I don't know how to explain that really well. So there used to be tables up there on the second floor where you could sit in front of like the finance office. And so I would, that was my table. Like, but I would be mad if you were sitting there and I had to go study. Oh, that, Cause that was my spot. And then they got rid of those tables sadly. So I don't know, the BMU second floor is pretty cool. I can't focus in silence sometimes. For me, it would be like somewhere where it was kind of really populated and there was like traffic going through because for my friends and I, we would sit there and like people watch and like make up stories of how their days are going so that we could just pass time before class. So that's like, yeah, so it would be like the Sutter Stairs, since there was a lot of people going through there, uh, probably Marketplace or at the tables by the CCLC as well. Um, I really like um, sitting at the tables at Creekside Cafe, um, just because it's really convenient, especially when it's like during um, like actual in-person school. Um, I could just like sit there and study and like also people watch, but I'll have the convenience of being able to go in and get food or get coffee whenever I want. Yes, Chico is a great place, especially Chico campus. For those of you who didn't know, it's actually known, the campus itself is known as a tree museum. So it's actually really fun. They offer the special service where I think it's from the SSC um, for Chico students who, when you, when you come back, you might be able to take a tour of the Chico campus and they'll, they'll be able to show you like the different trees. And apparently I haven't actually taken the tour, but I'm really, I was really excited to take it as kind of like my final thing in Chico. Um, was kind of like Chico State has a tree from every continent except Antarctica or the Arctic, which is really cool because it's such a like warm place, but it can also get really cold. So I think the temperature, I think trees just flowers just thrive in Chico, which is what makes it one of my favorite things about campus, especially with the creek that runs through campus. In between classes, if you're stressed, just go dip your feet in water. It's amazing. Highly recommend. Coming to Chico State, we become educated. We take classes that we'd never thought even were offered, right? So one question I kind of have for the group is, what was the moment that kind of sparked your activism? Because for me personally, it was when I came to Chico, when I got away from home, when I was living on my own, when I was living on my own and had time to like kind of explore who I am. I can go. Um, for me, something that sparked my activism was going to, so the, the area I was from was very diverse. And then I went from a very diverse area to a predominantly white campus. And I think that's what really sparked my activism because I realized, you know, my peers and myself are the ones being affected by this stuff. And also the, I feel like I've been exposed to more also while being on a college campus. And I just thought to myself like, this is not right. Like this shit is not right. Like something needs to change. So kind of shifted my mindset to be one of those people to help make a change. Yeah. Love those. I would say, so I'm coming from SF. It's a pretty progressive protest friendly area. And I remember being in high school, I think I was like, like, how did it go? I don't remember. I think I was probably a sophomore or junior. 
And that's when like the whole Black Lives Matter movement started popping up across the country. Um, and I remember they shut down the Bay Bridge coming from Oakland to San Francisco. And I remember the next day we went to class and everyone, all the kids were just like mad and like, why would they do that? Like all these people are just trying to go home. And our teacher was like, y'all, like that's them protesting to prevent capitalism from functioning and moving and flowing. And that right there, I was like a child, like in high school, like amazed by how people in power, like, you know, bodies did that and all for Black Lives Matter, all to, you know, have the conversation at the forefront on the news channel that night. That's what it was for. Um, and when I came to Chico, I felt like, you know, joining GSEC in that moment was an activist space because like y'all said, I felt like there was, I was like, well, there's nothing here. I don't know. But then I found the space. <laughs> Personally, I I grew up in LA and so in high school, maybe like I think junior year, I found out that we had a Black Panthers mentorship program and they were really big about being activists, about um, Im immigration rights, um, people of color, they really advocated. And so uh, Johnny, my mentor, he really inspired me. And so when I came to Chico, as I transfer here, um, my third year, I I was really looking for that space. And um, Molly, a professor here at Chico State, she really like, I know a place for you, like go to GSEC, like that's the space. And since it was the MCGS office, which is the Multicultural Gender Studies office, um, and that's my major, so that worked perfectly. So it was really great. Um, I think for me, it was uh, when, when I was in a Black Lives Matter protest, just being around all these fellow protesters and the energy that they gave off, it made me feel like we could change the world, you know, and that, that feeling stuck with me. And I just want to be able to, if I have the ability to, I want to change certain things if it's going to affect minority groups or people in general. For me, it started kind of in like high school. I was in the Gay Straight Alliance Club and we would do like little protests on like field day when we had them on campus. And then coming to college, just learning more about myself and what I believe in also like sparked that little, like you have to be an activist. Like if you could fight for it while you can, might as well do something and not, yeah, just have a good time at college. Um, I think that I personally like always grew up like questioning kind of societal norms um and like I didn't realize that that's what it was really but I just kind of always was like curious about why things were the way they were um and then it wasn't until college like Oscar said that I realized like that this is something that I want to do and that I'm really passionate about um so I would say that my activism was more like heightened in college For me, Abe here, uh, it's, um, 
It's, uh, I think, a couple of factors. One of them was college. I'm from Salinas, California, the salad bowl of the world. And I moved to Chico um, just to live here, really, because the first year I lived here, I wasn't going to school. I attended Butte College, the local community college. And there I took a class called Queer Women Literature. And then a couple months later, um, after the semester was over, I was like, I got kicked out of a bar. It was just this whole thing. So I think it was like the culmination of all of that, that, um, that made me like want to do something, especially like, like physically putting my body somewhere. Um, I joined Sunrise, the Sunrise Movement at the time. That's how I got involved in that. And since then, it's really been been that but yeah it was a it was just a culmination of factors and like Christina I relate to in, in terms of like I've always questioned societal norms so um it was just really up until queer feminine literature like knowing yourself and knowing the language and the tools and how to use that language to communicate your message is um super important super important I always loving here. I always love hearing what inspires people to become activists, because you know there's something that happened that moves them to the point of wanting to make change. Because I feel like growing up, we're taught that things are the way they are, and there's no point in trying to change it. But I'm glad that being <laughs> a minority, in a way, has opened my eyes to the different like systemic injustices that happen, not just to my people, not just to people like groups that I'm like not a part of right how it can be an ally from people all over the world right we can all take action like Brie mentions and kind of my moment that sparked my activism was kind of coming from LA from South Central I was desensitized to all the violence going on around me there was always another shooting there was always another you know my friend got got like my friend got gang banged on and I was just like damn it's just another day like just gotta keep moving forward you know my dad would tell me like you just gotta keep you just gotta keep moving you know make sure it's not you huh and then coming to chico i'm just like it's so small we get to know each other and i'm like oh it doesn't have to be like this it does not have to stay like this and kind of i think the moment that moved me <laughs> and it's just kind of funny to me because it was a movie freedom writers that kind of taught me like okay it doesn't have to be, <laughs> I, I don't have to jump into protests or anything big. I can take it one step at a time. I can start by educating myself through education, through teaching my little ones, that there is a way to make change. And I think that passion has driven me through college, through getting an education, you know, and just kind of supporting everyone around me in every way I can. So thank you everyone for sharing. Kind of the next question is, and this is kind of like the motivation the segue, <laughs> what motivates everyone else? Kind of like when you're feeling low, how do you keep yourself motivated? I think I would start by saying like, just recognizing the roles that I'm in. And like, for instance, education is my priority. Like I'm a student and I love that label. Um, and I was literally talking about this last night with a friend and we were just saying like, I don't have anything else. Like that's my career, like a student, you know? 
if you want to say that's my personality, go go ahead. <laughs> and uh, I think just reminding myself, like, what is my priority? You know, what do I really want? And so I think reminding myself of that. And honestly, people, people are really important. Your community is a, is a big part of that. People who also see great things in you is really important. What motivates me, um, I think about, like, I guess I visualize the world I want to create. Um, I imagine a world that's kinder and more educated and even if they don't understand, more compassionate. And I think that's what motivates me that I want to believe that that world can exist. And so in like my low times, I think, I have to keep going because I have to be one of those educators. I have to be the one, and it doesn't necessarily have to be me, but you know, just someone has to do the work. Might as well be me. For me, I think it's my support system. I really do appreciate and I'm eternally grateful for the support system I have. Uh, that includes my friends, my mom, um, and what really gets me going though is just making, just uh, making sure that the queer brothers and sisters and siblings that come after me have a, a more better world than, than what I've experienced growing up. And of course, Mariah Carey goes a long way, honey, always, always. And Faith, let's not forget about Faith's too. Um, yeah, that's what helps me. Um, I think I'm motivated a lot by just thinking of my younger self. Um, I just know that growing up, I had all of these like goals and expectations for myself and just reminding myself that I'm meeting those expectations like my younger self would be so happy um so that really just gets me like through the day sometimes and keeps me like going in the way that I'm wanting to go through. <laughs> um I think for me what motivates me is understanding why I'm doing all of this like why am I gonna get, why am I in college? Why am I in this organization? And it's basically just so that I can be a better me and to try to better the world in whatever ways I can. At least I can try. For me, uh, it would probably be like, since before I came to college, I always had that, like, how Christina said, I had the expectations of what I had to do when I first graduated high school. So like, it would always be like, I had to do this for my family, for so I could help my mom and my brother get out of the little place that we live in right now. So like, that was like my first main motivation. But then after like, coming out here and like going through depression and stuff, I learned to motivate myself and keep myself as the motivation as well. So I, I'm not just doing it for my family, but I'm also doing it for me.
That's so powerful. Thank you for that. Yes, yes, yes <laughs> to everything. Yes, there are many reasons why I love hearing how other people are motivated just because it gives me, it's a reminder to me to stay focused that there's many other ways, there's other resources I can pull from to draw that fire from, especially in activism where it's constantly educating yourself and putting yourself out there and fighting to make change. And it feels like everything is against you because these are systems and structures set in place that we were taught is no way to change, but that we're doing it. And I think something that motivates me also is kind of spitefulness. They don't want us to be educated. They don't want us to be ourselves. They don't want us to step out of their box. And we're here to say, fuck that, right? Like we're gonna be ourselves. If I wanna be feminine, right? If my homeboy <laughs> wants to like come out or whatever the case is, we are here to support. We are here to make that change, to make it the world a better place, to make it more acceptable and to love one another how we're supposed to because we're human, we're like social butterflies. Like even though like people don't wanna admit it, like we're social beings and we are here for a community. We are here for safe spaces. And that's what the GSEC is here for as well. One way that I can foresee <laughs> that I would like to start one in one place I would like to start making change is in the household is for when we have kids or when our generation starts becoming parents using this education using our experiences to educate the little ones the babies while they're growing up teaching them having sex ed in the household having you know literature by <laughs> art twink right that like normalizes and like supports queer people of color. <laughs> so kind of like a question for everyone is what should parents stop teaching their children? And maybe what should they start with? What should they start teaching them? Something that I wish I learned very early on is uh, boundaries, what that is for myself and self-love. Um, I think I think having self-love, it's, it's something that also does need to be taught when you're very young from your parents. Like, yes, you can learn it when you're older, but it's a little, it's a little more difficult. It's a little more interesting. It's an interesting process. But I feel like if I learned what boundaries are when I was younger and understanding like the importance of that and the agency of my own body, I would have learned to love myself a lot sooner and probably would have had a better experience and less worrying on um, insecurities and, you know, what's wrong with myself and cherish what's great about myself, I guess. And also um, another thing too <laughs> would be to stop teaching your kids that it's not okay to be sad. I That was something I really wish my parents let me do. Um, I feel like I was never allowed to be sad, never allowed to channel my emotions. And it kind of made me feel like I was the like the 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 wrong person in situations. Like I was the one being quote unquote too sensitive or too weak or something instead of not uh, seeing the person's actions and how that could affect other people. So yeah, that's what I would say.
Yeah, and to go off from that, um, personally, like, that mental health isn't important. Like, it totally is. Emotional well-being and your mental health is really important. So prioritizing yourself, you know, like, putting yourself first. Even, like, I was taught that that was selfish. So on learning that, like, it's okay if you're uncomfortable with a situation or a person and you want to create that boundary for yourself you're not a bad person for wanting that for yourself, like teaching that and unlearning that, definitely. For me growing up, I heard a lot of boys don't cry or men don't cry. I feel like that should be like, we shouldn't teach that to especially like little boys. Cause it's like, you're holding them back from like, feeling their own feelings so when they get older they assume crying is for weak it's for only girls and it's like no you men could cry as well like y'all we all have feeling we all cry at one point so i feel like just teaching boys that yes it's okay to cry when you're feeling some type of way because growing up i even just seeing it from my nieces my nephews like they're like little babies and like they're their dads are gonna be like, no, don't cry, don't cry. And it's like, no, let him cry. Like, he's feeling some type of way. Why are you gonna stop him? Because that's not manly enough. Like, come on. But yeah, that's something that I would probably teach my kids is it's okay to cry if you need to. I think all I have to say is same starts playing, spilling my childhood traumas and cries right now but no um i think first of all stop making gender reveal parties a thing like no just stop um but that leads into i think it's important for children to have just a space where they get to explore femininity and masculinity without labeling it and without attributing it to a gender um because i feel like that puts a lot of pressure into the kid. Like I know there's a lot of controversy with trans youth transitioning. And I think part of the problem is because we're not necessarily allowing them to, to be just gender non-conforming or non-binary, right? We're telling them that they have to be this or that. Like you have to be either a woman or a man. I don't care if you identify as trans, just pick one, but there's, there's just a lack of understanding there. So just ensuring that we create like a safe space where stuff can get explored and not labeled. Those are my two cents. I hold very dear to my heart, people who have taught me that things don't have to be the way they are. So people that have taught me that you don't have to be a man by not crying you can there's other ways to be a man there's other ways to be a woman there's other ways to not be either there's other ways to be both you can be whatever you want right like that is the idea that is what we are fighting for and those people that i, I hold very dear to my heart shout out my english teacher from high school 10th grade <laughs> she let me express my emotions and it was during a difficult time when my parents were going through like a weird you know time and when i had no one else to turn to that is someone who I'm, always, who I'm never gonna forget. So the next question is, who are some people that have been influential to you? 
um, I think for me, it was my freshman biology teacher who I later became a TA for in the coming years of my high school life, I suppose. Uh, she was she was there for a lot of craziest, crazy moments of my life, especially when it was some personal issues. And she was always there to kind of reel, reel me back in, kind of not spiral out of not continuing school. She was, she, she helped me a lot. So I have to thank her for making me the person I am today because she did play a big part in that. Um, to answer this question, I'm going to have to go with my sister. Um, you know, her and I had very similar upbringings and a lot of it was kind of what I mentioned before in the parent question, um, not being able to channel our emotions, not being, not understanding our own boundaries and our own agency, but because she's six years older than me, she kind of went through that first and learned how to get out of that um that thought process that we kind of had to go through and so I always go to her whenever I need help with emotional if I need like emotional support uh mental support just learning how to stay calm in situations and not feel like the world is just falling down on me she's like the first person I go to for me it has been mostly um like my educators and local librarians. Um, the library was always my safe space in LA. Uh, I grew up in a very ghetto area, a very, um, it was very violent. So the library was like this little safe haven in the middle of chaos. And so um, I always kept in touch with the local librarian that I um, grew up with. So for me, it, her presence and her like, way of empowering me and like guiding me was really influential and which is part of the reason why I want to become a librarian so yeah also my family my my siblings really like the way that they solve problems also helps me to be innovative and creative about how I see the world because they're so they have such a unique perspective and it's just interesting Abe again, um, I think I'm, I, uh, my really close friend who I call my person has been very influential since I met her in high school and um, teachers, like major, major shout out to teachers. I would love to become a teacher too. Not if it's online like this, hell no. Um, but in person, like, yes, um, about like in high school, you and even here at Chico State, um, I've come across really cool teachers. Obviously, there's bad ones in the batch, but you got to weed them out. Um, but shout out, they get underpaid, especially public school teachers get severely underpaid, but they're changing children's lives out here. Yes, many people, I believe, are light in times of darkness. 
especially when we're children and we're confused and we're lost, <laughs> even though we're like in sixth grade, right? But I think a lot of people forget that children go through very real shit. And I think it's important to listen to children. So this is kind of like my advice is just, if a children says they are uncomfortable, listen. If, you know, an adult, <laughs> as an adult, be more mindful of how children are processing new events and new situations, right? Be that influential person that will change their lives because it'll make, that's one step in making the world a better place. I believe, I could be totally wrong and someone can call me out, but that's okay. <laughs> I think one way I also like coped, like out of like hard times in, in like my childhood, was kind of through escapist <laughs> methods, right? Whether it's reading, whether it's video games or just riding my bikes out with my friends. I think that was one of my favorite moments as a child, just, you know, just being with myself, learning like that part of myself. So, and also this kind of serves as a like segue out of like a very heavy conversation one question I have for everybody, and this may be our final question, is if you could be any fictional character, which one would you be? Or if you could participate, if you can live in any fantastic world, where would it be and why? Hands down, I would be Chowder from Chowder. <laughs> Just Oh, imagine all the just the shenanigans that Chowder did with Mungdal and Schnitzel, just cooking, all the adventures. I just I just think that would be awesome. <laughs> uh for me growing up, I always loved the Little Mermaid. So it's gonna be Atlantica over here. <laughs> I would always want to be a merman when I was a little kid. Shit, sometimes I still do to this day. <laughs> but yeah, it would be Atlantica. Uh, I grew up reading Maxim and Ride, so I would love to be part of that magical world where like 2% uh, Indian and 98% humans exist. Like that sounds so badass. Imagine being human and with like huge ass wings. Oh, that would be awesome. I'm really stuck on this one because it's like I have so many characters in mind but I don't even know which one like where I want to start um so I'm just gonna go ahead and say <laughs> I would be the dragon from Shrek um <laughs> I don't know I think she's really cool and has a weird attraction to her so <laughs> you know what I I would yeah I'm gonna be the dragon from Shrek I aspire to be her uh yeah 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 that's her name elizabeth <laughs> yeah that's a, that's also a cute name i like that i could have cool nicknames too like lizzie liz i don't know you know so it's, there's a lot of benefits i'm seeing with being the dragon from shrek so i'm gonna go with that yeah that was like a fun fact i read somewhere where i think in shrek 2 donkey takes a love potion and when he passes out he screams elizabeth plops on the floor and then somebody's like, fun fact, that's, you know, 
the dragon's name. Her name is Liz. I was like, great. Closure. <laughs> okay. Anyone else? You know, at first I was going to say The Vampire Diaries because I was like embarrassingly obsessed with that in high school and middle school whenever that, you know, it started. Had a terrible ending, so I don't recommend watching it past season four. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say him, the devil from the Powerpuff Girls. They were my first like gender nonconforming like image as a kid. So I totally love them. Yes. I'd say, um, do y'all know Zoe? Oh, was it Zoe the Teenage Robot? Or what was the name of that show? Oh my gosh, yeah. I, thought, I just thought that was so cool when they came out with that show. Like, I didn't, I didn't see a lead character that was like a teenage girl, like a woman or whatnot. And then, I don't know, I just, I mean, I don't like the, I think it's like kind of weird because it's like her robot, but then in the whole story is like the, the people are controlling her, like her mom always fixing her bolts and stuff <laughs> so I think that's hilarious but she's like got a can opener on her wrist so that's cool I want to change my answer <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt but I just feel like this is so important um I think instead I would like to be Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch I think being a cat, nobody puts responsibilities on you, but I could still communicate with humans. So yeah, I'm gonna go. That's gonna be my final answer. Yeah. Did you watch? <laughs> did you watch the the remake or not the remake, but the new one, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? No, I have not. The Is last the last season, Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch makes an appearance, and it's just love it. Yes, yes, so good. I need to watch that. <laughs> These are amazing answers because I haven't seen most of these <laughs> besides Shrek. That's like, everybody knows Shrek. <laughs> I think for me, and I'm super, I'm super vanilla when it comes to like <laughs> things I like, I love Harry Potter. I don't know, just growing up with the movies, reading a couple of books when I was in middle school I just love the wizarding world. I <laughs> I love the idea of just all this mystery and fantastical beasts. And I don't know. I really wish like I could meet Hagrid or, you know, fly on a broomstick. That seems dope. Never be late to class. You know, no traffic. So I thank you everybody for your honesty, for being candid, for being real with us. Because even though I haven't met most of you in person, I feel a closeness that just it makes this a great team. I feel like we work well together and I appreciate you all very much. Thank you so much to Bree, shout out to the coordinators, Camille and Abe for making these projects and these conferences amazing. And I'm looking for, I'm stoked for Take Back the Night. So plug, we'll have all the details in the description. Kind of running out of time, one final question is kind of like, what advice would you give yourself four years ago? And if you want, you can state your age, or if you want to change the time frame, if you want to give advice to yourself when you were 12, entering high school or whatever, you have full liberty. Um, 
the advice I would give my younger self in general is be kinder to yourself, be more forgiving. Uh, don't worry too much. I feel like I overthink things a lot. So this is kind of a reminder to old me, you know, it's okay, feel what you're feeling, but you're gonna be okay. You got this. I like that a lot, Mel. And I think to echo that, I would say like, be in the moment, just be in the moment, Brie. You're always caught up about like, what's five minutes ahead of you. And it's like, you're never just present. I think just being present and I just wish I can go back. <laughs> Some advice I'd probably give myself four years ago would probably be don't blame yourself for a lot of things that happen <laughs> and don't be too hard because I tend to blame myself a lot and be hard on myself when I should be like, no, look at all the things you've done since four years ago. I'm like, I'm about to graduate in May. So it's like, don't be too hard on yourself. You're, you're doing it. And yeah. There is this like little thing I started telling myself recently and it was like, well, with like the exception of reincarnation that you're given one body on this world, you're giving one mind, one, you know, experience. So treat it with respect and treat it nicely because like, that's, I don't know, you're, there's, there's this quote and it's not coming to my mind, but it was like, uh, treat your body like your life depends on it because it does. And I take that like emotionally and mentally as well. And that's something I wish I'd kind of told myself four years ago, you know, like treat yourself with respect, uh, put yourself on a pedestal because, you know, like treat yourself nicely and you deserve all the good things happening to you and don't overthink things. That's what I would tell myself. Hi, it's Abe again. Um, I think four years ago, I would tell myself that you're about to take the biggest leap of faith you've taken since up until that moment. Um, trust your intuition and live truthfully, even though that sounds really cheesy. But by that, I mean, like, just be an honest person and honest with um, the people around you. Yeah. I think I would um, like tell myself four years or yeah, tell myself four years ago the same thing, just to be kinder to myself and um, just same as Brie, just to kind of stop and smell the roses, like try to stop growing up so fast. <laughs> um, I would also just like, uh, how old was I? Like 16, I think, um, you know, break up with that boy. He's not worth it. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I'm gonna change the time frame to five years instead of four. So uh, I'm gonna be speaking out to my 14 year old self. Uh, I think I would tell myself, don't, don't um, compare yourself to all the same students in the AP or honors classes is not worth it. You're just gonna bring yourself down and you're not, you're not gonna be happy that way. Um, and also just be yourself. If, if your friend group, if you don't like your friend group, meet that weird guy in, in the library who used to, who always sat next to you. You're gonna become best friends. And 
also don't <laughs> why are you thinking about taking ap physics just take a workshop class don't do that don't do that to yourself you don't need more math i think that's what i would tell my 14 year old self <laughs> Some advice I would give myself would probably be to love yourself. Just speaking to myself, like at every point in my childhood, do not be afraid to feel what you're feeling. Do not be afraid to enjoy what you like. Do not be afraid to step out that box because that box is just gonna, it's just gonna, it's just gonna restrain you. It's just, the world is so big. There are so many beautiful people out there you're not always gonna be alone and you got this. So thank you so much to everyone for your honesty. Thank you so much for being here, being present, participating. And I just wanna give out a shout out to all the influential figures that have brought us here today. I feel like without teachers and mentors, I feel like a lot of us would maybe still be lost. But from here on out, we're making change. We're fucking systems up. We're not taking this bullshit anymore. So, yeah. Ending out our time here today, we have a couple of announcements. Take Back the Night is coming up. It's beginning April 19th. Go ahead and register at Eventbrite. Our link will be in the description below, or you can find us at, at ChicoStateGSEC underscore on at Instagram. And then you there in our bio, you'll find the link to our link tree. And it has various, various options you can like look through, get to know us. One other important announcement is that GSEC is hiring program director, coordinator, interns. If you want to become a part of the team we highly recommend it it's been a great experience so far even virtually like it has been amazing shout out to brie <laughs> shout out to the coordinators these conferences are amazing you get to step out of your circle you get to do some real activism work and i highly recommend it it'll be a great way for you to get in touch with community at chico state whether you're in in chico or not this is a great part about technology so that would also be at our link tree, or you can also find our information at on Handshake. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're signing off and we'll see you next time. <laughs>